This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. And welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known people about their lives, their careers, and those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Perry Phillips, and with me, looking more clear now, is Jim Daly. <laughs> well, uh, oh, as as opposed to the other night when we recorded, and I had no no light on my face. No, no, it's more the fact that um, that you looked a bit unclear. The Zoom oh feed had sort of made you look. Um, distorted. Zoom is doing nothing for my image. Absolutely nothing. No, not helping me out at all. I don't think it's doing that's anything good. for anybody's image, to be fair. No. <laughs> that's good. I, I, it's good that I'm coming through clear. I feel clear at the moment, actually. I feel quite, uh, yeah, quite clear with life in general, so that's quite mm. good. Um, so, yeah, good to know that I'm clear physically and metaphorically as well. How are you? Are you feeling clear? I am feeling clear. And actually, I just got a, a parcel through from uh, the the post office obviously um <laughs> uh for a new so i've been listeners might know this but i some listeners might know this i do play in a band or several color bands actually and i've been changing all my gear up so i've sold my i had a big amp that was taking up too much space and was too yeah. loud to play in the house so i've sold that and i've bought something smaller which is still hasn't turned up yet, but hopefully soon. Um, but I've been buying some new guitar pedals, and uh, one oh, came nice. through today, which I'm I I kind of bought just because of the name of it. I'm just going to grab it so you can see it. <laughs> okay, this is very exciting. Um, it's it's called a chorus. It's a chorus pedal effect, basically, which okay. is sort of makes things sound like. Aquas or so. The, the beginning of Come As You Are by Nirvana's got a chorus effect on it. Anyway, okay. this is made by a company called Debbie and it's called Wet Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure that I'm sure that coming off from the credit card statement to some explaining to Mr. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, I, I sort of did. I did tell Michelle, my wife, last night. I bought this pedal. It's called Wet it's Dreams. A pedal. It's, ha- a pedal it's a definitely a pedal. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not a, a website. Um, um, no, it's. Um, it's definitely That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, pedals so, are um, for people that aren't maybe sort of don't play or mm. have a guitar or anything. Pedals can be very addictive uh, and playing around. I, I don't have any, but I do have. I play music through Logic, and through Logic, you can have pedal effects and stuff on there. And uh, yeah, I, I can see your pedal board there. Yeah. I used to live with a, with a musician guy called uh, Jim Dare, who lived in uh, in in Stratum, absolutely top man. He used to play a man called Minute Minute Man. Oh, a man, no Minute uh, Man. Yeah, Jim was a Minute Man, and uh, he he was also Brett Anderson's guitarist when he did yes. stuff. Great guy, great guitarist. But he, same as you, like him buying um, uh, pedal boards and stuff like that. Uh, it was like Christmas for him. He just got oh, so man. excited over it. So I completely understand how excited he'd be now. Well, back in the day when I first started playing, I mean, there were lots of different pedals, but they were mainly kind of Boss was the kind of big manufacturer. Sorry, this is very boring for our <laughs> listeners. But... Um, now there's all these sort of really small boutique pedal c- companies in uh, particularly yeah. in America. Um, uh, so they yeah they make all these boutique pe- pedals and they're so expensive. I mean ridiculous. You know I've got one pedal here that's like nearly two hundred quid. Uh, Whoa! So Why you- don't we put on our Twitter and Instagram? Take a photo of your pedal board. Mm. We'll put it on there and then maybe as as and when you buy more, we can update it and stuff for yeah. our musically uh, in in. Twined? <laughs> but musically, twined. What's the word I'm looking for? Our musically, musically intuitioned? Musical listeners. Musical listeners, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they might like that. That'd be quite cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, well, it's something I've really got into. So, yeah, did th- th- also make me think we need to get some more musical people as guests, actually. So uh, maybe yes. I'll get on that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I think our last one was Graham Coxon. Yeah. He Great was. episode. Brilliant great episode. episode. It's a little oh plug for a, a past episode there, which is great. But well, today's episode is great as well. Thank you. Thank you. We're on the same wavelength. We're on the same <laughs> wavelength. Yes. Uh, a fascinating episode uh, this week with uh, Rob Orton, who is a poet, comedian, writer. I mean, there's many strings to his mm. bow. An incredibly thoughtful, intelligent person. And we really go to some depths here, actually. On this episode, it's one of our more thoughtful episodes, I think. But it was absolutely fascinating talking to him. I mean, what an intelligent guy! Oh, so thoughtful and and so candid and insightful about you know his his own work and about the kind of world at large as well and the human condition. I mean, his book, I strongly believe in incredible things, is a very uplifting, you know, discovering the beauty in the world and the beauty in life, and um, it's a really you know wonderful thing. And and people haven't listened. Rob did a last year did a, a podcast every day. I mean, I know we know how much goes into putting a <laughs> yeah. podcast out once a week, but he was doing podcasts every day and. Uh, yeah, a lot of those ideas that he kind of came up with for the the podcaster in the book, and um, yeah, I mean, he's just yeah, very in tuned with um, with the world, I think, and human beings in particular. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a really, 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 really interesting um, episode. So I'm sure you guys can enjoy it as much as we do. There is, of course, extra content with Rob. Uh, at the end of the pod for our patrons, and you can join the Blank Podcast patron at patreon.com forward slash blank podcast, uh, where Rob d- delves into his poetry recommendations, mm. which I would 100% recommend listening to uh, if you're a fan of poetry. So definitely worth uh, joining the patron to hear that. Um, but yeah, I think before we dive in, I think we should read some tweets out. 
from our listeners and then we'll crack on with with rob's episode yeah definitely i've got one here from julie white she's julie wh four seven eight five one two double zero on uh, twitter she says rare day working from home who better to keep me company than the fabulous blank pod loads to catch up on but starting as i mean to go on with the wonderful sophie green Oh, good choice. Yeah. Good episode, that. Great choice. So that's a lovely tweet to receive. I've got one here from Dr. H. Hashtag keep safe. Hashtag be kind. Excellent hashtags, Dr. H, yeah, I must I think say. You, those two things are exceptional things to remember. I, I think if if you if you're gonna lead your life by two hashtags, I actually think that's all you need. <laughs> those two. Yeah. Keep safe and be kind. Actually, outside of that, you can't go wrong, really, can you? I think if you're leading your life by those principles. So, no, and I would. They're intertwined as well. I think if you're being kind, yeah. you're probably keeping yeah. safe, and if you're being safe, you're probably being kind. Absolutely. So, so uh, yeah. I'm assuming Doctor H is living their life by that, and uh, I think that is a good way to be. Anyway, Doctor H's tweet says, um, "I just finished listening to Blank Pod with at the Kerry Howard, a lovely relaxed interview with a great guest, another great listener. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, that was a fantastic episode with Kerry. So if you haven't heard that one yet, please do listen to it. She was uh, absolutely brilliant. Oh, I love Kerry. She's great. Yeah, absolutely great human being. And yeah, it was a great episode speaking of great episode i think we should crack on with this week's guest uh this is the multi-talented the fantastic rob orton on the blank podcast you look like you're really busy at the moment you've been gigging a lot yeah yeah i've just finished uh, my tour that I was doing um, that started in the 2019, uh, January 2019, <laughs> and then it um, stopped in March 2019, and then I rescheduled, kept on rescheduling and rescheduling, and then uh, picked it back up in, uh, when was it? Uh, uh, August, started doing them at Soho Theatre, and... Um, yeah, it was it was it was good. It was um, it took me a while to remember the energy that I had to give it to um, get an audience to uh, buy into what I was saying. I thought um, because I mean I did this show that I've been doing called the Time Show in Edinburgh, and um, I was I recorded the show every day, and then I I. I was listening to those recordings and I thought, okay, that's the material, that's how you say it, people laugh at this bit, people laugh at, they're they're quiet at this bit, just go and do that. And um, what I didn't realise is that the, um, it needs me to, like the material doesn't work just by itself, I've got to put something into it and put energy into it and um, yeah, just sell it and kind of throw it at people in in a way that they can catch it and digest it and uh i had forgotten how to do that really so when i was doing the soho shows i did 12 nights and um it was only by the eighth one where i had i had a show that i was pleased with the shows before that kind of people were coming up to me after and saying oh i really enjoyed that and then i kind of was thinking oh no i know i know what the show is like when people enjoy it and I, i know what it can be and I felt like I hadn't been delivering it to them. Um, but, I mean, you know, we'd been just been through a pandemic mm. and everything like that and are still going through it. But um, it was, yeah, it's just practices. It's like, it's like work. It's just work, isn't it? You've got to yeah. remember. And 
and flex those muscles as well, isn't it? It's all sort of muscle memory uh, almost. Well, 100%, yeah. And, um, but the, the main thing that struck me was um, just how much I've got to, of myself, I've got to put into the show to get it to where I want it to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was quite staggering, really. I, 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 because I'd, I'd been gigging quite constantly since about 2009, and I think I'd almost developed like a force field of confidence around me that was not impenetrable. Every now and again, someone would say something to me, something to me after a show that would make me question my entire life. But um, <laughs> the, um, no, I, I had a bit of momentum going, you know. And um, the momentum stopped. But uh, I think it, it also made me think how um, incredible the hu- human beings are, as we can just kind of pick up. And hopefully this has just been a small speed bump in the road, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, hope, fingers crossed. I can't have another <laughs> speed bump after this. It's been, that's been, been two or three speed bumps in a row. I need a flat road from now here on in. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, are you hard on yourself then when you feel like it's not gone yeah, yeah. how you want it to go? Yeah, I am. unfortunately, I am. Um, I uh, I think because I I made the decision to do this as a as a chose this as, as a life really, and I do feel very privileged to be able to do it. But if I feel like I haven't uh, being the best version of me that I could be and that was a, a fault of my own then uh, I am, re- yeah I do I do uh, really, 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 really uh, struggle with that and I think that it does um, it's probably, you know you know in classic job interviews say, um Oh, what are your weaknesses? And people say, oh, I work, I work too hard, you know. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, I, I don't know if it, who knows what the right path to choose is in, in life. We just don't know, do we? It's like, okay, well, yeah. this feels right. And I just try to go on feeling, really. And if mm. I do a gig and I don't feel very good after it, then, I mean, do I beat myself up? I think if... The pro- like, I really like John Hegley, and he, he's always saying that you, you always... Well, everyone says it, but it, he was someone who said it to me. was like, you always think of the best thing that you could have said on the way home from the gig, and, like, I, yeah. I, I, punch, don't, I give myself a clip round the ear if I, if I don't get that. I want to be quick, you know, and sometimes I'm not quick enough. And um, I guess I do beat myself up because I want to be really, really, really good at... at what I do and um I think everyone does don't they and I think I do yeah. I think if people do co- say oh they enjoyed it after the show then I mean I don't know sometimes I believe them and sometimes I think ah you know it wasn't that good or it yeah. Was, I, mean, yeah, I think everyone does that don't they and I mean I'm not trying to paint myself out like someone who people are always saying to me how good the show's up because I wish it was but <laughs> It's just brutal, and um, but it's what life's about. It makes me feel alive, you know. And um, mm. I think that um, if I don't make myself feel alive enough, then that that gets me down, and that's maybe where anxiety and things like that. No, I think anxiety is different, but I think 
sadness and we're like, oh, you know, getting a bit down with it. But yeah, in in short, yes, I am hard on myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that um that thing where people come up and say, like when you know you've done a gig and it's been like a a seven out of ten, a seven point five, and you think, okay, well it was it was like passable, but like I know I can do better. Mm. And I don't know if it's a British thing, but like people come up and say, Oh, I really enjoyed that. I almost find myself going like no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. Like, no, I really enjoyed it. I think you didn't. You didn't enjoy that. It could have been better. It could have been a lot better. And then you almost get yourself into a little sort of like back and forth or whatever. But yeah, I don't know if that's a British thing that we just we just deflect I don't praise. Know. Maybe. I, I mean, I was listening to Mark Maron and he was talking about that and how um, you can't. I, I'm trying to learn not. To, if someone says they enjoyed it, just uh, I just try to say, "Oh, thanks so much. I'm really pleased you enjoyed it." And inst- because I have been guilty of saying that, of nah, nah, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 you mm. know, uh, I mean, you, you should have been here yesterday, you know, because <laughs> yeah. then it, it, the roof really came <laughs> off. Then you know that that was a good one yesterday. And then you've taken their experience away from them yeah. and made it. In they're gone. Oh, right. I thought that was good, and but. Oh, I wish I so you know we're in no position to um, make people wish that they'd been there on a different day, you know. Um, but yeah. I'm definitely guilty of that, and um, I just want everyone to have a nice time. Yeah. And um, at the moment, there's so much. Um, I think that's all I want to do in my shows is not just make people have a nice time, but just try and put a bit of. Um, positivity you know i know you guys are big on that and i think if you've got an opportunity to be on stage and say something to more than one person then you have to say something that gives instead of something that takes away you know Mm. you've got to be you just got to i was just on twitter earlier looking at the all the netflix um like the staff outside and i just I just think if if you're in a high profile position than that, as as some of the comedians have been putting out specials at the moment, and and you are saying something that can make people, it just yeah, it leaves me speechless. Really, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I mean I would agree with that anyway. Outside of the last eighteen months, I think especially after the last eighteen months, people need positivity mm. i mean people's positivity has been battered down you know essentially for the last 18 months we do we need it more than ever but i would agree with that anyway like i think there is a I, there is a cult i'll go really careful here a culture of kind of slightly older comedians that they they get to a point when they think i need to start being controversial or i they suddenly start feeling like the world's against them and they've got to start attacking groups and minorities who have it fucking hard already and then, and I don't, I just don't understand that, that mindset and that mentality. I don't, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, every, I think, yeah, I don't really know. I'm not really qualified to, to, I just think that, I, what I do know for a fact is that we've got, uh, we've at least got to want everyone to just feel okay. You know, yeah. that is, mm. we, you I've tried to do it all the time of just trying to relate to people in the street. And one way of me doing that is thinking about whether someone has brothers or sisters, just looking at them and thinking, oh, I wonder if they've got a brother or sister. And suddenly it brings 
more humanity to that person than them just being someone who's in your way at, yeah. In, yeah. in a supermarket or something like that. And I think that's all I'm trying to do with my ideas and creativity or whatever is um, I'm just trying to make myself interested in everything and I'm um, just trying to pinch myself and prod myself and going okay I've got this glass here well what that, what is that you know it's made from it was made from sand or something and you, you go wow god someone's figured out how to do that and just trying to not be amazed all the time but just try to not get bored by being alive you know it's just <laughs> ridiculous how, how how numb it can become to to yeah. um a fiddle leaf you know a, a, a plant and then you see someone walking home from a garden center with a fiddle leaf plant and you go ah oh, good luck with that because they're an absolute nightmare <laughs> and then trying to find humor in in that you know and yeah. and um yeah yeah but I was going to say, Rob, this is, is this a journey you've been on for a while? Because obviously your, your latest book is um, Strongly Believe in Incredible Things. You know, is this something you've possibly been thinking about for quite a while? Or has that been, I mean, has that been exacerbated by the last 18 months of the pandemic? Or, or was this something you've been working on for, for, for a long time? Well, yeah, since 2000, since I, st- I used to work in um, advertising. My, f- my, my, my first thing that I realised that I, enjoyed and had any ability at at school was art drawing and um so then i thought okay i'd like to do that so i did art a level graphic design then i did art foundation and then i did uh i thought i want to try and keep doing something that i like doing uh so i went to university in newcastle and did um a graphic design degree but that was all about the degree was all about ideas. They weren't, to say it was a graphic design course, they weren't that interested in how it looked. It was mainly about the concept. So that really right. plugged me into um, trying to look at things in a different way in the book, like The Smile in the Mind, and just trying to um, like look at ideas and um, say, like, you guys are football fans, aren't they? Like, aren't you like that, that um, Nike advert for Arsenal? And it was that season when they um, didn't lose any games, and it was just um, one, 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 draw, 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 and just a, a, a list of um, W's and D's, red like white letters on a red background, and then it said, um, it, I think it was just a Nike tick, and then it said Arsenal, and they'd left left off the L, you know, <laughs> and it, it, it stuff like that just made me, yeah. it, it made me think, God some people in advertising they seem like they're f- flipping on it you know and mm. and um like the sony bouncy balls advert and um just oh god yeah i remember that yeah, yeah, ju- that just made me just made me that made me feel something you know with um the jose gonzalez music on it and yeah yeah and um it it and like the frog jumping through the drain and it it, it from the drain and it made me just look at it was advertising, I think, that made me think, oh, people are having ideas. I mean, I've been to art galleries and things like that. So, anyway, doing that, and then I was doing the graphic design course, and then um, it uh, it that made me just want to have ideas, and I thought, where do ideas come from? And they come from 
They come from the world, don't they? But I wanted to try and soak as much stuff as I could up from books and films and things like that. And then, um, this is a long-winded answer, by the way. But <laughs> No, no, keep going. It's fine. The, um, <laughs> I, I think what I've been doing is just trying to carve a life out for myself where I can keep doing what I enjoy doing. And that is such a tightrope um, mm. of... And it... it feels very very risky and i mean i was listening to the alex horn when he was saying about um on your po- when he was saying about um you know the pension and uh, how he prefers working month to month and um i definitely feel like that but um the security net and the safety net when you're trying to write a show about water and take it up to the Edinburgh Festival, you know, there is no pension plan for that. (laughs) And um, you just got to go, okay, well, I'm going to try and put my faith in myself and see if any... But, you know, faith goes a long way. And I think that... I've really... um, Jim Carrey's motivational speech is online when he talks about um, faith, like, hope... What's he say? Like, hope walks through the fire and faith leaps over it, you know. And I've, I just, I've always had quite a lot of faith in myself. Um, but going back to your question, when I finished um, university, I started working in advertising, and that um, really just made me look at the world. Um, because I was having these ideas for like House of Fraser and stuff, and coming up with these stupid ideas. And um, I started filling notebooks up, and that was just a retaliation against that. And then I started doing poetry nights. And um, luckily, a, a bell started going off in my head when I'd have an idea, and it would say, you really got something from this thing that's just gone through your head. I think you should write it down and mm. try and share it so then I started looking for places to share it and it was like a poetry night and stuff like that and then um I just want to yeah it's funny isn't it you know you you just want to um share anything that I feel might make someone feel slightly okay for a second Mm. because if I've had an idea and I go oh I like that like I was walking down the tube platform platform and a little kid said oh dad what are we doing and I thought oh it's funny that 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 name dad and then I thought if I have a son his name will be dad after my dad and his dad and his dad you know and then I've said that at gigs for 10 years and I always enjoy saying it um and uh yeah sorry I don't know where I was gonna go with that I enjoyed that. First of all, long-winded answers are absolutely perfect on this podcast. So please do continue with those. (laughs) We like long-winded answers. You talked there about feeling, Mm. about an idea and how it can make you feel. And that reminded me about something I saw somewhere, and I'm very bad at pulling up anecdotes and where they've come from. And, and it may have been linked to advertising or something. I think it was advertising, about how advertising is actually about making 
the consumers feel something and then that's how they actually connect with the product because they don't just look at it and see it they, they feel it and i think that's kind of the same with art and with creativity and, and poetry and comedy it's you're not i mean you are trying to make the audience laugh obviously but you're if you can make them feel something and often that can be the good feeling that comes from laughing then that's how you connect and that's how we all connect as as humans it's about feeling and it's the same way that if you have a good idea you you both know what it's like you have a good idea and you execute it and you feel alive like, and you know that oh, this is the thing i'm supposed to be doing because you feel different than you did half an hour earlier when you've done that thing so yeah it was just that really struck me when you talked about feeling because i think that is essentially kind of the core of of one humanity but to also the creativity we're all trying to do yeah 100% i think so yeah it's feeling is everything isn't it and um there is a there is that quote do you follow niche on um instagram n-i-t-c-h which is just um a black and white photo or a range of black and white photos and loads of good quotes and it's no but i'm going to now it's uh, there was one on there it's a very famous quote and i can't remember what it was but it someone was saying about if you can make some they will people will forget about if you if you they'll forget everything but they will not forget how you made them feel and mm. and um you know you meet people and they they can strike you with their instant warmth and you go oh what what whoa okay mm-hmm. this person's got some good energy what and then you, it's just amazing that when that and that that the strength of humanity in in i think everyone and it's just about us trying to bring it to the surface and i think that's what i'm really trying to do is just i know that i'm lucky enough to have been born to to be a human being and you go oh wow okay well how can i try to fulfill my potential to be this one of these unbelievable creatures and how can i bring my humanity to the surface of myself and and um articulate these feelings that we all have because we're it's ridiculous how connected we are. Yeah. And um, it's it's immense. And, you know, I think that is what... I mean, I don't know if I suffer from depression or what, but I know that I get very, very sad at the state of the world. Mm-hmm. And I know depression is can be more of a chemical imbalance in your brain. But, um, you know, it, it blows me away when people just seem like they're all right when you go have you seen this what have you seen what's happened oh god yeah and i and i want to have faith in people and humanity and that is one of the things that has been really difficult over the past couple of years with the um people who are leading in in this time of crisis and that is such a downer so it's yeah. just been obviously this is stating the obvious but you just go, imagine <laughs> if we had someone who was just so full of empathy and love and was guiding people and we had a leader that we could look to and go 
Oh yeah, or, or maybe twice a week they would do a speech that was the best speech ever and all the countries would be looking to us and going, oh, this person, they're amazing, what a leader. And that person is in this country somewhere. It's just that they probably yeah. haven't had the same opportunities as the Prime Minister has at the moment to get into that position. And it's like, we're trying to... I think that a thing about bringing people to the surface again. Yeah. And but that's where money comes into it, isn't it? And um, it's like mm. trying to cheapen life with money, and it shouldn't. We shouldn't do that, but it just happens, and it pisses me off so much. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not a fair system. I mean, no, society no, no, no. in general. No. But fairness, it, fairness is so important, yeah. isn't it? And for, to live in a system that doesn't seem fair, and you see, I live in Hackney. You see people, there's so there's a lot of um, people who, who you would class as street homeless in, in Hackney near the, near the bus stop. And, you know, it's just, I just feel, I don't want to become numb to seeing these people's situation. And I want to try to help these people, but I don't know how to do it. And it's, mm. it's, it upsets me so much. And then you see the people drinking the um, the black cans of with the K on it, and it's the super super strength. And I think, well, okay, well, maybe if that if that shop there stops selling that, but then I think, well, no, that isn't that isn't the answer. It's got it comes from something before that, and before that, and before that, and before that, and you go. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm clearly hugely underqualified to even have a thought about how this would uh, situation would be better for these people, you know. But it doesn't stop me feeling and yeah. and, and going. Oh man, you know. And um, that is it's. Um, but that's it's. I think that's why some people it it, it is possible to become numb to things because there's so much for us to go whoa god i can't take this on as, w- as well mm, yeah. and then we carve out our world worlds for ourselves and um and uh yeah but i mean empathy has to it just has to it's ob- very obvious and but it just it just has to be big at the forefront of everyone's mind but you know, I don't. I just don't want to come on here and have a rant saying I wish the world was better. But what can you do? Well, but we all do. We all wish it was. Mm. And, and like you're, what you're displaying there is huge amounts of empathy and and compassion mm. to other people. And I know Giles, that's probably something you deal with as well because I think we all the, the system isn't. Okay, we are getting a bit political. The system isn't built so that one person. You well, know, it's rigged. Yeah, it's one person like you, Rob. You can't, you can't do one mm. thing that then changes the system for that homeless person or, or other homeless people. But it doesn't stop you feeling about it. And, you know, Giles, I think you're probably the same. It doesn't stop you having that compassion towards those people. And sometimes it's hard to know where to channel that. Oh, that's the thing for me is finding somewhere to, how to challenge it, channel it. Mm. Because like you, Rob, I, I you know, I've, I can get very sad some days just because I'm looking at what's going on in the world and, you know, it's obviously exacerbated by social media to some extent as well, which, you know, I fully admit I'm probably addicted to. But, um, yeah, and it's where where do we put that? Where do we put that angst and 
Uh, and, you know, we can do things on a small scale, but, you know, it's, it's the bigger things that I feel so powerless mm. to do anything about. And that's, that's hard. Yeah. I think that, I mean, the good thing is, is that we live in a world where uh, books exist. And um, that isn't a plug for my book, by the way. But, 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 <laughs> that was my question that I asked. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the good thing is, books exist, and I strongly believe in incredible things yeah. available from all books. Seamlessly done. No, the, I was reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Have you, uh, yeah, and, um, I know it. Yeah, I know it. I well, mean, yeah. I've only just started it, so I don't know it that well. But I am going. Mm. I when I started that book, I thought I am going to read this book so much it is going to become dust in my hands. <laughs> I'm just going to read it and read it and read it because when I read the first thirty pages of it, my brain just calmed down so much when he said that. Is that the brain is a tool. It is there to carry out. You, you, you don't. It doesn't have to be on all the time. You can just rest, and those all the thoughts that are going through your head, just look at them and think, "Oh yeah, that's a thought," and you go and pick it up when you need it. It doesn't have to be going all the time. Mm. And I suddenly thought, "Oh my, yeah, of course, okay," but. And then I haven't read it for about three days and I'm covered in angst again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that, it, it really did help me out. And I, 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 I'm, I'm quite big into mindfulness and the guy, Thich Nhat Hanen, when he's saying stuff about like walking with your feet and not with your head and um, just feeling your feet on the ground. And I love anything like yeah. that. That, that can, calm us down massively yeah i'm i'm a big um fan of uh galong thubton who's a oh really no, a Buddhist monk, monk oh he's great he's um yeah he's he's written a book called the monk's guide to happiness but he i i had the privilege of talking to him a, a few years back and uh yeah he uh he he does yeah he did a mindfulness kind of practice with me and he talks about being on the tube and feeling the feeling the rumble of the tube under his feet and feeling the bag on his back and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, you just feel so at peace when you're in that, when you actually take the time to to think those things through and do those little stages. Mm. Uh, and and now, when you know, if I'm ever feeling, you know, I, I suffer from anxiety, but if I've got those anxious feelings kind of boiling up, I try and do that and actually kind of sit and plug into my physical self and then start to yeah it's it's remarkable how much it does to you mm. actually in a positive way yeah i mean we're bit yeah it is we're very busy like mm. in, yeah. internally you know as in this thought this thought this thought this thought and mm. you know the internet is exacerbating that isn't it whereas yeah. these there's it's like there's a whole world of these people who are just going all right Chill out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't have to be yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> um, just breath is everything. Just focus on yeah. your breath. And uh, yeah, I mean, getting a dose of that every now and again is is uh, good. Yeah, but then the uh, yeah. Anyway, well, there's a, no. I was going to say, God, Jim. Sorry. I was going to say that there, there are. There's a lot of ways to distract ourselves. Mm. A lot of really accessible, quick ways to distract our, ourselves. 
I I had a moment where I realised that I do need to sort of spend more time, you know, with nothing in my ears, nothing in front of me, and just like focusing on myself. When I was running during lockdowns, so I started running last year during lockdown. I'm sure everyone sort of did because I was you had, you had your one hour state sanctioned time to to be outside, and everyone's thinking I better fill that with exercise. And I had a couple of times where I was running, and my um, what do you call it? battery powered earphones? I sounds such an old man. What were they called? Wireless earphones. Ran out of battery. <laughs> ran out of battery. And I was like, "Shit, I've got nothing to listen to." Oh my god, it's li- it's literally just me and my thoughts now for the next ten minutes. Uh, and it was actually really freeing because I I couldn't I couldn't focus on anything apart from just running. And then I was able to suddenly hear because I'm very lucky I live in the countryside, so running down a nice sort of country road, hear the birds hear the leaves swaying and actually it, it it actually took away that distraction and i was able to just and i had to just focus on the running and the breathing because i'm not very good at running so i had to just focus on that to get through it and actually it was very sort of i don't know centering is the right word but yeah it was like the universe took away that electronic thing from me and was like do you know what mate just next 10 minutes focus on what you gotta do mm. and it was kind of a reminder that actually we do have a lot of distractions and i don't know sometimes it, i think we can just turn them off yeah I, w- I wonder if if that you know the, when those moments come to you like if if you had gone out on purpose and said I'm not going to use my headphones today I'm just going to listen to the birds and the tree, it probably wouldn't have had the same impact on you yeah mm. would it uh, and it's that those those um, unexpected times of uh, when when just going with the flow and you go oh, I haven't I haven't planned this this is and th- those are the best times aren't they when you do just go with the flow someone says oh my mate from out of town's coming um to stay I know you haven't uh met him before but you know that let's go and and then you know or you go to a party that you haven't been expected to go to and then it ju- you just get taken away with it and I think that thing just the free flowing of you going, oh, okay, yeah, I am alive. Yeah, not everything has to be rigidly planned, and those moments that wash upon us of, uh, I don't know, a, a tube breaking down, and and you going, ah, oh, this is annoying, but then you might overhear a conversation that cheers you up or something like that, and it's just it's just so fluid. And um, trying to make it too rigid is just uh, doing my head in. Yeah. Those moments, actually, you just reminded me, those moments of, like, when the tube breaks up. You're going somewhere and you think, I've got to be there on time, I've got to be there on time, and then I'm going to be a bit late, and then, like, tube or bus breaks down, and you think, okay, I'm going to be really late now. I'm actually going to be so late that it actually doesn't matter. And mm. I can actually just be like, fuck it. I, I, this is out of my hands. This is completely out of my hands. I'm at the mercy of TFL slash the universe. And that is a moment where you do just sometimes step back and think, ah, oh, fuck, what, what is the point of me worrying? I'm going to mm-hmm. get there. It's going to be okay. And that is another sort of moment where, again, it's sort of taken out your hands. And again, you just, you have to go with the flow of whatever mess is happening. But I've had that a my few favorite, times, yeah. Sorry, Jim, I was going to say, my favorite bit of that is when you obviously start to have camaraderie with the fellow <laughs> passengers who are also, yeah. like, in a, you know, you're obviously all in a state of stress to start with. And then when, you know, obviously when you just start to sort of get to grips with what's going on, you, you end up sort of finding out about what people are doing in the day. I know I've got to get here at this time, you know, and you start to have conversation. And, and obviously talking is a beautiful thing when you, you know, you can have a proper conversations with people and find out about them. Um, that's quite a lovely thing, actually, mm. in those moments. 
No, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, we live in, uh, as I said, in Hackney, and there's there's a lift that comes up to the flat, and um, I had never been in a lift with a stranger before. Weirdly, um, well, you managed to survive all this time without being no, 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 no. crazy. I think, <laughs> and um, but there was a guy in there the other day, and I said after. You know, lived here for two years. Never been in a lift with any, anyone else. And he was like, oh, right. <laughs> and, um, and then I got, you know. And um, so, you know, sometimes it's good to talk. And other times, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that guy's been thinking, ah, oh, amazing. I like his <laughs> no, I doubt it. I lift doubt virgin, it. you know. Yeah, 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 or, yeah. He, or no, you know, like, he might then be saying, the craziest thing happened to me today. I was on lift with someone that was not on a lift. And then that becomes a little yeah. thing, that, an anecdote that he tells people. Yeah, you yeah, never, you yeah. never know your little ripple of what you've done, even if you feel like, oh, whoops, that was embarrassing. You no, never no, know where like, that ripple goes. <laughs> And the, any yeah, this guy from Yorkshire didn't have any clothes on either. <laughs> but going back to your book, um, Rob, mm. was it something that? Um, yeah, this is obviously something that's been a bit of a lifelong journey for you because you said going back to doing your stuff with advertising and working in that industry. Yeah. But obviously the book, was there a catalyst for writing the book? Was was it just felt like the right time to write the book? Well, I've had a, a couple of um, shorter books with my writing and, and drawings in mm. before, but with this one, um, I'd done the podcast last year and um, just wanted to find a home for all those ideas really mm. and um with the title i strongly believe in incredible things i just wanted it to be um a uh, almost like a a low key celebration of um uh the incredible things really on me the, i mean what's the saying a creative journey through the everyday wonders of our world mm. and i guess it is that but it's funny isn't it it's always it's all it doesn't take long for it to become the next thing like right okay i've done that what am i doing now and it's so yeah. it's so um that never i guess that never stops you know I, I, yeah and and that makes me over the years that has made me realize that the the finish line isn't where it's at it's all about the process yeah. and the the you know it might be good if you've got like a couple of people clapping you at the finish line but the enjoyment is comes from making yourself get out of bed and do it and putting make i really like bruce springsteen and he's so big on um the empowerment of working hard and um just that feeling of the fact that you have pushed yourself and so when i was putting the book together and doing the drawings the best the the best feeling wasn't opening the box and and seeing the book finished the best feeling was me feeling like i couldn't be asked but making myself sit down at a desk and three hours later i've got some stuff that i'm like oh yes i'm pleased i'm pleased i did that and 
that that self motivation of just gritting your teeth is that that's where it that's where the gold is for me and um the good thing is is that we can do that we we don't need anyone else to help us to do that we can we can push ourselves and um make ourselves as the best versions of ourselves that we can be and i mean i've been when doing the joe wicks workouts and stuff like that um i don't know i don't do it that often but when i do he's always talking about how exercise makes you feel better and i think it does but other things can make you feel better as well work like sitting down and make yourself work on something when you don't want to do it is that's good for your brain well it's empowering isn't it what you're just saying there because it makes you realize that the, the the ability to to do things and achieve things and change and progress or however you want to translate that it comes from within like mm. it is in you and that I, that's a really empowering thing to remind yourself oh actually yeah i can i can do this thing i'm not i don't have to rely on someone else i can make this happen and i think that can be a really powerful thing to remind yourself if you are going through a blank moment or you're having that time where you you, you know things aren't happening or you feel like you're not progressing or whatever and everyone everyone has their own different things that make them feel frustrated yeah but yeah you can do it absolutely i think that's just that's the important thing to remind yourself i think yeah i mean there's a, you get like handbags don't you with the say i am i can i will yeah you know yeah and the the um it's, it's stuff like that i absolutely i love motivational video i watch motivational videos on youtube all the time these ones are you know they're the most empowering music empowering voice empowering this empowering <laughs> that and it's like oh the, is it tony robbins that is that oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's the famous one. Yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that. And you know, sometimes it can be scoffed at, but but um, every morning in Edinburgh when I'm at the Edinburgh Festival, I watch one of those videos, and it just it makes me go right. Come on, you've got to you've got to um, um, give it give it some. And um, but that and I remember I watched one with Will Smith, and um, he was talking about. Um, relationships and how um it's impossible to make someone happy you've got to make yourself you've got to work on your half and then bring that to the table and then that will hopefully yeah definitely make the other person you know uh, and i don't know i'm not i'm not you know it's uh it's difficult to stay motivated though um End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. It is difficult to stay motivated. Um, so what does keep you coming back to do it? What does keep you motivated? Are there things, specific things that keep you motivated? Um, yeah, I, I think that I'm motivated by wanting to make something that I've never made before. I'm just starting a... No, what motivates me is the the magic that I've felt, like, in my professional thing, of with the gigs, of those, those feelings in the room that I have made for myself. And I've made myself feel a certain way, going back to feeling. I'm motivated mm. by feeling, and I want to feel that again of 
you sat down, you did the writing, you put the work and you practiced and you made yourself and other people in that room feel something that they didn't feel and they felt it because you were alive and you did it and that motivates me like I'm starting to write a new show about crowds called the crowd show and I, I was sat last night I was writing this stuff out oh god this is crap this is crap rubbish but then you know you keep plugging away and doing it and so now I'm motivated to want to make that the best thing I've ever done because I want to f- I guess I'm motivated by growth you know I want to grow as a human I want to I want to read do I read enough? Probably not. Do I write enough? Yes. Can you be a good writer if you don't read enough? Probably not. You know, and it's this internal battles like that. And like, um, I'm also motivated by fear of uh, um, feeling like I'm in a good situation at the moment. Um, got a nice place to live, and. Uh, you know, my girlfriend Victoria, you know, I guess I'm motivated by fear of that, of becoming a worse person and losing her, you know. So then you go, okay, well, I'm motivated by the fact that, like, I had a thought of myself in the future. I want to look at myself in the future as an old man and look at myself and I want to see myself with a decent jumper on that looks like it's clean, you know, and I want to, I want to be someone who's closer to love than loneliness, you know, and I want to be someone who says someone's names and because if you do that, then it means that you've got people around you, you know, and at the end of the day, people is the biggest motivator that there is. It's like, I want to try to make myself to be, the best version of myself I can be so that then I've got a chance of other people being around me as well. Yeah. And I want to be around other people and try to help them. Not that I, a lot of the time people have got to help themselves, but if you can be, if you can, if I can try to, if I'm motivated by anything, then it would be, I want to go and do these shows in Edinburgh and I want to uh, have an electric time and switch people on as well with regard to comedy and performance and poetry or whatever and be motivated motivated by old ideas thinking am i ever going to have an idea that i like as much as that one and that is a that's a big source of anxiety for me like one of my favorite comedians mitch hey mitch hedberg when he Mm. was Mm. on one of his specials where he's, he's going my old shit works better than my new shit. I am out of ideas, you know. And then, and then, you know, a few years later, it's, you know, and I'm, I'm motivated by, um, you know, it's a serious business. If you, if, you, if, you, if you stop being motivated or your brain starts playing tricks on you, it can lead to, you know, people dying. And it, it, like, so I'm motivated by wanting to try and keep on the right path, which is bloody hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's uh, our brains going, hey, come on, why don't you go this way? You're like, no, I'm, this is, I'm doing all right here. I want to do this. So it's like, that is it. That's motivating. Yeah. Of, of just not wanting to go down any 
Not be parent, not not letting the voices in your head screw you over until you're dead. Yeah, <clears throat> those vo- those voices. Your brain is constantly kind of like trying to push the boundaries, isn't it? And there is, God, I've read about this somewhere. There is scientific reason that they sort of. It's, it's why when you're driving down the road and you suddenly think, I could just drive this car off the road right now. It's like your brain saying, you're not going to, but you could. Like that's that's the boundary of where your limit is right now. You're going to stay on the road. Yeah. Your brain is constantly sort of giving you these messages that's like, well, you could do this, but you're not going to. But like you could. And it's like testing your limit. And it's tiring. It's really, really, really tiring to try and constantly kind of battle against those. And as you say, keep on the, well, keep on the road, I guess. That's, I've come up with the analogy there accidentally. Um, but yeah, it can be tiring. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's not easy, is it? It's not easy. Do, just... Um, I, mean, I was watching that um uh what's the SAS, SAS program where they get they get normal people to run up hills with their heavy rucksacks on their packs I was watching that right is that the one with Ant Middleton in yeah, it? Yeah, yeah 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 so SAS sort of survival challenge type thing yeah, yeah, it's yeah, absolutely yeah. brutal but um <laughs> yeah they're, they're pretty harsh them, don't they yeah. so they throw them out of a helicopter at the beginning or something like that yeah yeah, yeah into yeah. A, into a ravine or something yeah yeah and um but you know, I was watching them go up the hill. They were climbing up this mountain, and I thought, okay, that's the um, that's life. And then these heavy rucksacks on your back, you know, that's like all the stuff that we're trying to put onto life. Mm. I don't know. I wrote it down in a more articulate way, but I'm, I can't <laughs> re- read it out. But um, <laughs> it was, um, it, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of weight, and I mean, you guys have got children, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. When, once, yeah. once I, I imagine once they get on board, it's like it's um, it it changes everything, and I can only imagine that that is just so rewarding to to have that. I just I, I just I guess everything that we've been talking talking about changes when yeah. you and then you know. Motivation, I think, changes Charles mm. at that point, doesn't it? It's weird. You're suddenly like <clears throat> your life's motivation suddenly isn't about you. It's about this little creature that you that you sort of weirdly love more than you realised you could. I know that sounds like a cheesy line from like an American like rom com, but like it is kind of true that you suddenly love this thing more than you really thought you could love anything. And at the same time, they annoy the hell out of you more than anything's ever annoyed you as well. It's this weird sort of complex. Yeah, thing. Yeah. Fucking hell, you are <laughs> annoying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I also like love you more than I've loved anything. It's, it's very weird. And yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think it does change your motivation a bit. Uh, what it does mean is that your time literally is limited because you've suddenly got this little creature that needs you. So it does make you think a bit more sort of laser focused on getting stuff done. You think, oh shit, shit, I've got an hour today. I've literally got one hour today. Crap. What, what, what's that thing I need to do? What's that thing that I need to do either professionally or to make me feel good? Mm-hmm. Cause I know it makes me feel alive. Right. I've got an hour. I'm going to do it. And mm. it doesn't always happen. I've had weeks go by where I think, shit, I've not done that idea that I wanted to do. But when you do, it does make you feel a bit more sort of, sort of on it. So mm. yeah, but it's a weird sensation. Kids are just, weird well i over i overheard someone on the train where, where was it I, I don't know but they said i've been looking forward to seeing you all day and you're annoying me already <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yes i can relate hard to that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That is so true. So true. Yeah. My, my, my boys are going through sort of the teenage years. So we've obviously got that as well. And you start to see the same kind of, well, I guess anxieties and sort of the teen, well, particularly the teen angst that, that you were dealing with yourself. And then, but you're obviously trying to guide them and support them through that. But at the same time, you know that you've been through that as well. So it's that weird juxtaposition of trying to parent them, but at the same time, kind of empathise with them as well. Um, and that's tricky. That's really tricky. That's a really tricky time, but, I but think. That comes back to something that Rob said earlier, which reminded me of what is that? What's the saying? It's like you've got to put your own um, air mask on first, haven't you? Before you help someone else. You know, from mm-hmm. oxygen mask. You've got your own oxygen mask on first before you help someone else on a plane or whatever. But it's. There's been so many. Sorry, I was going to say there's been so many quotes sorry, misquoted sorry, on this I'm podcast. I've absolutely butchered it. But I, I hope that no, it's no, that wasn't me having a go at you, but it's, I was thinking that. But it's like, and again, people say you've got to do it in life. And Rob was saying earlier, you've got to bring the best version of yourself. You can't absolutely. always help people, but if you are the best version of yourself in that moment, then there's more chance maybe that you can or they feed off your energy or whatever. And I think that's true with stand-up you know if, if you come on stage and you're the best version of yourself the audience instantly think oh this guy knows what he's doing and they they feel better about it but same with parenting i think if you bring you, you've got to look after yourself first you can't be a great parent and i think that can be translated to a great friend great brother sister husband whatever unless you are the sort of best version of yourself and then you've got more chance of then yeah of then being a as you said, Rob. Oh, totally. People coming to you saying, uh, uh, saying names, all that kind of stuff. If you're not looking after yourself yeah. first and doing your own oxygen mask, there you go. I've come full circle. I think it works. Yeah, no, I was going to say I'm, I'm a much better parent when I've had a full night's sleep and I'm, you know, and I've had a good day and I'm, you know, an upbeat and whatever. I'm much, I'm a much more empathetic and compassionate parent yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it, but if I've had a terrible night's sleep and I'm, you know, like all those sort of things and and I've had a bad day, but then yes, of course, I'm gonna. That's going to reflect on how I. I behave, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's that's something we've all got to kind of get over, I suppose. But that can be same in area, any area in life, don't you think, Rob? That if you if you if you are looking after yourself first, then. No matter whether you are yeah. a parent or a brother or a sister or a comic or whatever, it all starts with you. Sure. And that, that almost sounds yeah, too simplistic. I think but. so. Yeah, it's it's just it's just uh, wild, isn't it? It's just completely untamable. You know, you can try to think I'm going to put this in place. I'm going to put this in place, and then something will hit you out of the blue, and you go, "Okay, well that's out of place. Now that's out of place," and then. Uh, that's what's it's so impressive. I think about um, a lot of like the human condition is the resilience and um, how adaptable we are to uh, change and uh, just, just yeah, just blows me away. Really, absolutely. Yeah, I, I it's <clears throat> I, I, I love trying to look at. Um, what reality is for other living creatures and just think about what they're doing, you know. Um, think about what they're doing makes me think about what we're doing and the uh, ants on the pavement and <clears throat> what's reality for them. It's probably as harsh for them as it is for us, you know. Um, and we're, we're all going through it and 
Yeah, just got to keep going. There's probably ants doing podcasts about, oh, you know, when you've got the big leaf <laughs> at the back and you're at the back. It's fucking annoying, isn't it? Why can't I be at the front? You know? I was wondering if there's some sort of ant Brexit type thing that was, you know... Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, foreign ants coming uh, over uh, here, taking our leaves. <laughs> How dare they? Oh, God, I'm uh, sorry. Going back to your book, Rob, um, I was interested by the subjects that you chose. You know, you've got things like obviously being born and nature, water, sleeping, as I know is one of them, and obviously arts, obviously something you're very passionate about. Yeah. What? Why did you choose those certain things? Or were there, were there other subjects that you'd like to have done maybe? Maybe there'd be a book too. Um, or were there ones that you maybe started but sort of fell away because they weren't quite quite right? Um, well, basically, with the... a lot. Some of the work has has been in the shows that I did uh, in Edinburgh. So did a show about water, um, and there's a chapter on that. But also I've been writing a lot of new stuff with it. But all the subjects, uh, water, sleeping, people, um, they are... I try to write about things that aren't going to... that are going to age well. And I do that with my shows as well, because the sky's not going anywhere. No, I'm going to write about the sky. I'm going to write about people. I'm going to write about talking. It's future-proofing it. Exactly, yeah. I'm not going to write about Boris Johnson. He's not, he's not going to get anywhere near. And um, I don't want to muddy it with stuff like that, because there's so much um, brilliance out there. I, I, I want to focus on that and that. Because it, I wanted to write about positive things, really. Well, they're not positive for everyone. I think that um, I want to just try and stay sensitive to the world and um, uh, you know, trees, bits of stick on the ground that used to be a tree. You know, trying to think about where that's come from. Would I be able to find the st- tree that this stick has come from is the branch still broken can i put it back together like a jigsaw and just try and thinking about just you know the amount of red blood cells that we're making two million red blood cells every second isn't it something like it's like it's crazy yeah 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 it's just and it just makes me feel like i'm vibrating and uh, i'm so much more than i think i'm when i'm sitting down and watching an SOS program, <laughs> SAS program, you know, like that. Oh, yeah, your body's an absolute miracle, Rob. Okay, whatever, you know. Chuck me out of a helicopter. Chuck me out, yeah, see if I, yeah. <laughs> Throw me onto some tarmac. But no, it's. I'm just trying to, as I said, I'm just trying to, um, with the book, it's uh, just trying to affirm my own life, really. Mm. And, and and go and just try and keep stock of it and go i'm i'm i am alive this stuff exists don't ignore it and I try to make myself look and i do that by writing and i try to make myself live and i can i do that by you know, I feel alive when I write something down and um, I've never written it before. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's just rubbish. Sometimes, but the only reason why I continue to do it is because um, sometimes I make myself feel proper, you know, 
and that's all I want to do really. And uh, I think that's one of the one of the difficult things is that um, with uh, comedy, especially, is that you get you 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 have ideas and you share them, and it isn't always a uh, it's not always plain sailing. You know, it's sometimes your brain tells you something's good when it isn't, and you say it, and people yeah. are like, "What are you want about?" <laughs> and you go, "Okay, well, that's just for me that one then." <laughs> And uh, but you know what are you supposed to do? Tr- keep trying. It's just yeah. trial and error. Yeah, I wanted to. That's ask, what the book is. It's what everything is. I wanted to ask you, Rob, actually, about your writing process because you're clearly someone that that writes a lot. Do you have anything in particular that you do when you're writing and it's not going the way you planned? Go for a walk, something like that, or do you have a particular set? way that you write at a certain time of the day anything like that i'm always interested in people that are writing a lot as to what their sort of process is i mean when i was doing the uh i did a daily podcast last year that was just a home for my ideas really um called the rob orton daily podcast and with that the best thing about that was that all the ideas that would just normally go into my notes folder and sit there I had to turn them into something, so the process is I'll be walking around and fingers crossed I have an idea that I like and I um, it normally takes a couple of days whether whether I should turn it into something or not if the idea is strong enough um, but I do my, the, the mornings are uh, Early morning or late at night, I mean, I, that is the best time for me to uh, do writing. But thinking about it, I haven't really done... I've just been writing stuff down in my notes and then I just go at it whenever at the moment. Um, I think that... I mean, what I've got my notebook here was... I like that quote by Leonard Cohen where... This isn't really relevant. He says, if I knew where the good songs come from, I would go there more often, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, so if if there was a place where I could go to get all the good ideas, that's where I'd be going. I'd be going, I'm just going to that place again where that, you know, brilliant, and that would be my process. But, it, you know, for, for me, to look at someone like Leonard Cohen and think that he thinks some of his stuff isn't very good, yeah. You just go, Whoa. yeah, yeah. And then I was reading that book by Nick Cave, who's a big hero of mine, yeah. mm. and um, the sick bag song where he wrote all the notes on um, the sick bags of aeroplanes. And um, he was saying that he was backstage at Glastonbury and he met and he knew that Bob Dylan was on the same day. And um, Bob Dylan came up to him backstage and said um uh i like i'm not gonna do the impression he said, <laughs> oh, i thought you gonna do uh, uh, i like what you do and, he, and then he go and then um nick cave said i like what you do too and um and um but then nick cave said and then they shook hands and then nick cave said um bob dylan then released time out of mind which which was a Grammy winning success and I released Nocturama which was an absolute flop and I love that album and I just thought, I do too it's a brilliant album yeah I think and I just thought flipping it 
Nick Cave <laughs> thinks that that album isn't very good. And uh, obviously choosing, like, you go, what? But then, you know, you st- and like Bright Eyes, Conor O'Burst as well, when he's, he's talking about, um, you know, I, I write these songs and I think that they're going to be hits and they're not. And you go, hold on, mate. These, these songs are absolutely brilliant. It means so much to so many people. But maybe he even looks at, thinks, why isn't this a, a chart topper, you know? Or why isn't he, like... Um, got his albums. Why isn't he like Bonnevere? You know, but he is. But he probably maybe he looks at Bonnevere and goes, "I don't even know. I'm getting into uh, deep waters that I'm out of my depth in." But um, even the even the people at the absolute who who were my heroes are unsure of themselves. And you go, right? Okay. Well, I guess. um, (laughs) Surely, surely. uh, They've got some sort of self-esteem going on. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess, Rob, that actually brings us quite nicely back to what we were talking about at the beginning with, with regards to your gig, you know, and you sort of... It, it, when you when someone says to you, I had a great time and it was a really good show, and you sort of said, mm, you know, it wasn't my best kind of thing, you're taking away that enjoyment and that love of that particular thing that that person has experienced in that moment. And I guess it's the same with music or books or whatever it might be we as a creator might feel like it's maybe not our best bit of work or we doubt it in some way, but actually the person who's consuming it, it could be the thing they love the most in the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and, he, and I guess we got to, a, yeah, sorry, go on. No, I interrupted you then and that is not good, but I, um, even with this, with this conversation, it always in my mind, I'm going, uh, Okay. Is this going to be an episode that they like, you know? And uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not living in the, I'm living in the thing of going. Okay, we've done an hour and a quarter now. What's going to happen? How is this going? What's going on? You yeah. know? And it, it's, it's always there. Yeah. The internal monologue of self doubt of going. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, they probably haven't liked this as much as I thought they would. They probably thought I was going to say more interesting things and get quotes right and things like that. <laughs> but I, you know, <laughs> but I, it's it's just it's what can we do? Yeah. We just muddle in yeah. along and just trying to keep going. And you know, when, once this finishes, I'll go. I'm doing a gig tonight. I'll go and get sorted out for that. And then um, I've got to do a work in progress gig on Sunday. And then um, it'll be next week. And you go, okay, well, let's get into that. And then it just, it's just absolutely just getting pulverized all the time. <laughs> yeah. And you go, all right, well, uh, I'll have an apple. That might help. I'll have a glass of water. Uh, let's just, and I'll have, you know, I'll cook a healthy meal tonight. Let's just keep going and keep trying and, um, not get too, um, bleaked out by watching Handmaid's Tale over <laughs> and over and over again. <laughs> well, well, Rob, I have to say, I think it's been an absolute joy to talk to you today. Honestly, so many thoughtful, insightful things that you've said. And, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm going to just take a lot yeah. away from we don't what we talked about often, today. And, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I've done the same thing there. I've talked over you there, Charles, as well. Um, it's all right. I'm, I'm fine. Sorry. It's fine. We don't often get episodes, actually, that we take a, a deep dive like this. And it's actually genuinely fascinating to do so. And as Giles says, there'll be a lot of takeaways from me as well. Not least the fact that I've got a new book to buy as well, because I've been Googling that while you guys have been talking. The Power of Now. I'm definitely going to get myself a copy of that. So uh, thanks for the recommendation there. Hey, yeah, yeah, do yeah, it, man. Yeah. Do it. 
But before we go, I wanted to <clears throat> ask you about poetry because I'm a, I love poetry. I love reading it. I love writing it. Mm. And obviously, you, you know, poetry is a big love of yours as well. And I just wondered if you've always been into poetry. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I wasn't particularly academic at school. I didn't do very well. But I think in English classes, poetry was one of the things I really loved. And then joining bands, writing lyrics and stuff. Have you always been into poetry or is that something you found later on in life? No, I mean, I was thinking about my English class. We One of our things we had to do in an English class, GCSE, was um, we had to review the trailer for the film Titanic. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> Just crazy. So no, poetry wasn't really uh, a big priority for them. Like, okay. What was the tra- what was in the trailer for Titanic? I guess King of the World bit and yeah. it's sinking. I guess that was probably yeah. kind of it. No, really, no exactly. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, then it, <laughs> so but no, but poetry um, really became the bigger bigger part of my life when. I was working, in, as I said, working in advertising, mm. and I'd always liked, I like writing, and um, when I was a, a bit younger, I saw Ivor Cutler um, live from Blues, Bloomsbury Theatre on BBC4, and uh, I'd never seen anyone used words like him before, and um, the person before that was Bob Dylan, the way that he uses language, mm. just knock my socks off basically and um highway 61 that album and um but when when i saw Ivor cutler i i just couldn't couldn't really believe it and it just he made me look at the world in a different way and uh so i got all his stuff and then um when i was working in advertising i um i'd been filling these notebooks up with just ideas really and then the creative director said um Oh, I'm having a poetry night if you want to come to it. It's just in my back garden. I said, oh, I've been writing some stuff down in, in my notebook. I don't know if it's poetry or not, but can I come and share the ideas, you know? And he said, yeah, okay. So I stood up on their wall and did a gig, and then they said, oh, come, do you want to come and be a part of our poetry night that we did in Amazing. in London? And then, um, you know, I'd never been more nervous ever than doing that first ever. My first ever gig was I couldn't couldn't drink. I could I could drink what I couldn't eat for, well, at least a day and a half or something. I was so nervous, um, but it, it it paid off. And I love what Paul Weller says about being like nerves showing that you care, you yeah. know. And I, I just want to try to care about what I do. And um, mm. since then, yeah, poetry has become a bigger part of my. Some of my favourite nights ever have been in the poetry. Um, cafe in Covent Garden where it's open mic night and it's you get five minutes and um, the variation in voices that are at that night is just in, in, you don't know what anyone's going to say mm. people are reading from all different you know phones tablets bits of paper books you know and the, the amount of ideas that go into your head from thinking about what people yeah. might be saying are like, are like oh that's a good idea are they going to say that are they going to say that? oh they they didn't say that. all right well i'll have that then cheers very much and then just <laughs> and and you it's just um yeah the the uh power of word or oh, the power of words i mean <laughs> it's yeah poetry it is. I want to read everything. I want to read everything. But I'm coming to the terms now that when I go into a bookshop, I'm I'm like, okay, well, 
I'm probably not going to re- get to read all these books mm. before I die. But I've been thinking about, you know, between us, everyone on the planet, we've probably got it covered. You know, <laughs> yeah. everyone will read the book. A book. So everyone's written a book, you know. Every, <laughs> the books have been written by someone, so they've read it and written it. So, right, that's good. At least every book has been written by read, written and read by someone. Um, but no, I know that I would be a better person if I had read every poetry book on the shelf. Um, so maybe that's what I should do, but it doesn't pay very well. That's a problem. <laughs> Poetry, no. and, and it's a no re- reading no, poetry. Poetry, writing poetry doesn't pay that well either. Um, it just feels like, um, yeah, it just feels like it's an overlooked art form in a lot of ways, and it, I love it. And I just wish it got it get would get more um, prestige and, and and accolades and stuff that, than it should that it should because I think it's just such a wonderful. Oh no, yeah, it's a bit, it's just just. Well, it goes back to what we were saying about feeling, you know. If you, <clears throat> what's going to make you feel more a, a poem or the front page of the newspaper? <sighs> Depends, doesn't it, what the content is of, of both. Yeah. Um, but I know that it it is a feeling of, you know, it's trying to articulate that feeling of walking somewhere and seeing a tree that's a, a right, that, is it, I was in um, Highbury and Islington uh, Overground, and I saw the tr- I saw a tree that was just so perfect in shape, and I just thought, oh, it had such an effect on me. And I guess that's the job of the poet to try to articulate that feeling of seeing that tree and the shape of it and that how it made you feel. And I guess the better the poet, the more accurately they can. Uh, give that specific feeling to you over the page so when people um poetry like critics and things like that or people who say that they think they are more of an expert in poetry or anything like that it does my head in because it's Mm. it isn't about that it's about just everyone just having a go and just saying this is this is how i felt here or blah 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 you know Yeah. yeah Yeah, thoughts on a page, I would say. But yeah, it's um, well. Thank Give you so blast. much. My pleasure, my pleasure. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time, and um, yeah, it's been really, really great conversation. So thank you so much. Thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Rob Orton on the Blank Podcast. Uh, a fascinating guy, so thoughtful. But the thing is, when you've got intelligent, thoughtful guests like that, you need them to be open and candid and feel free to share their thoughts on things. And Rob did that fantastically. And we were able to really sort of bury down and go deep into a lot of areas and interests and issues. And 
yeah, I could, I, another guest that we, I could have spoken to for hours, really. Fascinating guy. And I really appreciate him coming on and, and talking about the, the things that worry him and his processes and um, and everything, really, and his recommendations. Mm. You know, some of the book recommendations are fantastic. So, yeah, I really, I hope, I'm sure our listeners will have got as much out of that as I did because I, I found it fascinating listening. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've, I was so thoughtful and I just, uh, there's so many takeaways for me. I want to really listen back when um we don't obviously we don't do a lot of editing on the podcast as listeners will know that all the mistakes are left in yeah uh, oh, yeah. but yeah I, I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of listening back to this one and really sort of dissecting some of the stuff that rob said because he's going clearly you know really in tune, like i said at the beginning of the podcast in tune with the human condition and yeah very thoughtful it's the, i keep using that word but it's this sort of seems but, like the yeah. most apt words used really just being very thoughtful about the world and and uh and how we react and act as humans yeah and i, I think if you are that sort of person it's, it's never a wrong wrong way to be i think you'll always you'll always do right if you are thoughtful because it means you're probably thoughtful about other people you're thoughtful about yourself and i think that's and if you're someone that's trying to work out the world and and see how our place in it then i think you're always going to be down going down the right path in my opinion and i thought it was really interesting and when he was saying, and it's probably something that a lot of our guests feel, but it's the first one to have said it in 150 pods, whatever, that he was thinking throughout the whole episode, am I saying the right thing? Are these guys enjoying this yeah. kind of thing? And I, and I wanted to say back, I didn't get to, Rob, we're thinking the same thing. Yeah. We're thinking, right, is this question I'm about to ask good? Have I got a question coming up? Yeah, what do I say man. at the end of this? We're all doing it and doing that internal audit and 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 edit. But it was, it was interesting, actually, as a guest saying him, vocalizing that and saying that so i thought that was actually really actually quite freeing him saying that um so yeah that was really interesting oh man i mean you know we i've something it's a phrase that we've used quite a lot but post-match analysis i'm terrible afterwards than we've recorded thinking oh that was so shit at answering asking questions but it never is it never is well, that's very we've funny. never had one episode. It's very kind of you to lie, Jim. It's not. We've never had one episode where we've had to cut anything or no. where we've not put it out. Like it's, it's, it never is. It's never as bad as you think it is. No. And no, you know, I never notice anything that you do that I think what's it done there. You're noticing more things, and I'm noticing more things about myself. Mm. And and Rob is of himself. Like, it's just it's a human condition, as you yeah. said. And yeah, it's interesting hearing a, a guest actually sort of vocalise that for the first time. I thought that was uh, what yeah, if. Interesting. If it's something you love, you know, which, you know, I very much love this podcast and, and, and making it, then you're always going to be kind of, yeah, you want to put like a, an arm around it and make sure that it's the as best it can be, you know, yeah. to use well, you a football analogy. <laughs> which you know, I love, um, but like he said early on, if you, if you're nervous about something or you're, you're anxious about it, it's because you care about it. And I nearly then did another football analogy because I clearly mentioned, former Palace player Sean Derry obviously you and I will know who Sean mm. Derry is hopefully some of our listeners are. fans of Leeds and Pompey probably will um, Notts County as well Notts County actually uh, got to know him through doing the Palace podcast really back at Palace now coaching fascinating guy really interesting we'll guy um, oh we should get him on um, but he used to say early on in his career he'd throw up before football matches and he's not the first player lots of players mm. did and probably still do because he was so nervous about playing and being in the changing room throwing up. But that's only because he cared. In yeah. fact, if you've watched Sean Derry play, oh, caring oh. is the first thing you would say, the heart on sleeve True, and you yeah. cared about every game he played in. But yeah, this is a top flight professional footballer still doing it. So it's mm. something that can affect all of us because we care about what we do. 
Absolutely, absolutely. It's you know, like you say, it's just a natural thing. I think if you if you do love what you do and you care about it, then yeah, you're going to take it seriously and think about it all the time and worry yeah. about it and be anxious about it. I guess that comes with the territory, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, great episode. Thank you so much to Rob for joining us. Uh, thank you to our patrons for supporting us. Please do join our patron if you want to hear more from Rob at patreon.com slash blank podcast. Uh, we love our patrons. We love all our listeners. Thank you to those guys that have tweeted in and everyone that tweets us. We do appreciate it. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode and you want to let us know or any episode, please do tweet us, Facebook us or Instagram us. Our handle is the same. It is at blank pod. Indeed. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, and that's it. Charles. Well, a little bit behind the scenes. This is our second one recorded this week. Two in a week. It's been I nice know. Play. I know. Put them back so, to back and crack on. Yeah. And I was about to say, before we started talking about football analogies, this may be the only podcast where we talk to the guests and there wasn't any. Uh, but then we've ruined it by by doing it in the tail. <laughs> oh, but no, but he, did, he said something about football. Oh, about okay. Football. So we just couldn't get away with yeah. it. No, even when we didn't. One day, did, one so, day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> it'll never happen. It'll never happen. There'll always be. There'll always be. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry to any non-football loving people. As long as I'm alive on this on this podcast, <laughs> there will still be a football analogy uh, each week. Anyway, I'm going to go off and think about how I can cram in a football analogy to next week's episode. Mm. Uh, but until then, Charles, have a good week, mate. And you, Jim. Take care. And thank you. And same to our listeners as well. Have a good week. Take care. Look after yourselves. In the words of Dr. H... Hashtag keep safe. Hashtag be kind. And we'll see you next week on the Blank Podcast. Thank you.